Good afternoon. So good to see all of you here today. Welcome to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontleroy. Come on in. Have a seat. Did you guys grab a drink? Grab some water. Grab, you know, grab some snacks, whatever you have. Come on in. Come on in. Sit on down. Good to see all of you here. Today is June 6th. 2023 is not only June, but it's also Pride Month, Happy Pride, as well as my birthday month. That's right. It's your boy's birthday month. So look, if you guys want to put a little, you know, something in my cash app, that's the link in the description down below. Just ah! anyway. So good to see all of you here today. The JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms. So go ahead and subscribe to me there. Also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can find me on there uh, throughout the week, as well as you can find me typically here on Tuesdays at 2 on this channel. Now, if you guys would like to get email notifications so that you guys do not miss any of my streams or my clips, then you guys can also go to my substack at jbfont.substack.com so you guys can get those email notifications so you won't miss it. Because guess what? The YouTube notifications are not that reliable. So rely upon me. Rest your worries upon thee. See? So also thank you so much to all the patrons on Patreon as well as on Coffee, as well as members. And yes, I do have membership. So thank you so much to all of you because without you guys, every, each and single one of you, I would not be able to do this at all. And so this means a lot because this means that I am able to do this, you know, and continuously do this, you know, and <laughs> this channel won't go away. It's here to stay. So, <laughs> so good to see all of you here today. And before we get into what we're going to be talking about, as per usual, I am going to be saying hello to everybody in the chat that are here this afternoon. So starting off, we have Serena. Coming in saying, greetings, comrades. Good to see Serena coming in with the rainbow hearts. You have Sean Miller coming in saying, you're good to see you, Sean. Terry Connolly coming in. I'm, oops, saying afternoon, fam. Good to see you, Terry Connolly. All right. Also, we have Meteo Dreams saying, hi, JB. Hope you are well. There is a lot of horrible comments on your video from Sunday. It was disappointing to see how the left has become socially conservative. Yeah. Um, if any of you have not watched my stream on RBN, I was basically uh, taking the issue of LGBTQ rights as well as pride and linking that to class issues, which it has a link. And there were quite a few people who had a disagreement with me about LGBTQ issues. And that's the thing. I'm I'm queer. I'm gay. So the thing is, is that I have my opinions on these issues. And ultimately, I have a very low tolerance to people who uh, argue against the disenfranchisement of a group of people who are marginalized. As a black man, I know how that feels. So as a queer man, I also know how that feels. So that's basically how I feel. And so I put that out there on RBN. Um, and so it's the same thing that I say 
all the time on my channel that they used homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia as a tool to keep the class, the working class divided. And so that's basically what I was speaking about on RBN as well. And so this is why it's important for us to learn, educate ourselves and to recognize that, you know, if we're engaging in this, it can also be white supremacy and racism. Even if you don't consider yourself white supremacist or racist, we all have internalized white supremacy. We all have internalized racism in some way, shape or form. And so we also have to get rid of that. Some of us, people like me, like a cis man, have internalized uh, internalized misogyny and misogynoir. We have to we have to get rid of that within ourselves. You cannot live in this country and not have internalized some of these things. And yes, I have too. I even have internalized homophobia, right? So we have to work on ourselves. We have to decolonize our minds too. Just because I'm on the left and I'm a socialist doesn't mean that I still don't have to contend with these things either within myself. So we constantly have to do a battle within ourselves to get out of this type of mindset. This is why I try to surround myself with people who also are part of marginalized communities that have to contend with these things and so that I get to learn from them. Men, are you having more platonic relationships with women? If, especially if you're a cis straight man, are you doing that? So that you can learn, mm, maybe just maybe these type of thoughts that I have, I might need to adjust them a little bit. And so it's, it's a work for all of us, right? To really have a true proper a perspective when it comes to people of different marginalized groups. Also, are you friends with or have you made friends with somebody who's disabled? Right? Because we may have internalized ableism. See what I mean? So this is a part of loving your community, right? Because part of loving your community means understanding the people around you, even if they're different. So yeah. So thank you so very much for that. Yepex uh, says, I'm not expecting anything different from Cornell West. Remember, he told us to vote for Joe Biden. Thanks for that. Good morning. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Good morning, gamer for life. Good to see you. Gamer said, I just woke up. Uh, a lot of us did. Welcome. Good morning to you. Jam mom coming in says, peace. All right. Thank you so very much for that. We need critical thinking, says Atlanta citizens push back Dr. West for president. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the title. And I know some people were expecting uh, uh, Kamal Franklin to be on today, and he was going to be on. Uh, one of the reasons why he's not is because is pretty much one of the uh, one of the reasons for my topic today, talking about Cop City. Uh, and this is why I said Atlanta citizens push back. The thing is, is that Kamal Franklin is actually down there and they are in a fight right now to combat Cop City, which I'll be talking about in the latter portion of this stream. But that is one of the reasons why and he had to postpone because the fight is getting serious down there in Atlanta. And so for good reason, uh, he is uh, putting the fight against Cop City right now, which I applaud him for. 
And, you know, I am, you know, a little disappointed that we didn't have our conversation today, but he's fighting for something that is more important than coming on my channel right now. And so with that, you know, I am wishing him as well as all the organizers and the citizens that are fighting against Cop City. I wish them, you know, massive success uh, because their success will be our success because Cop City is something that we do not want in this country because if we truly do value freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, if we value our rights as citizens, then we will stand with the citizens that are fighting this militarization, further militarization of our police. And it's getting bad. So we're going to talk about Cop City and what it is and what we can do in order to combat things like that happening in our cities as well. So what am I talking about today? Let I already alluded to it, but let's get up let's get the the thumbnail so you guys can see. So Dr. West for president? Say it ain't so. Really? And then we're going to be talking about Stop Cop City, which is pressing in the news today. So, I talked to Dr. West a couple times on RBN. And, I mean, I, I, I kind of thought about it. I was just like, would, this, would he run for president? And if he did run for president, through whom, like, would he do independent, third party, if third party, which third party? There's a few. Would he run as a Democrat? I sure as hell know he wouldn't run for, for as a Republican. Even though he's had surprisingly good rapport with people like Tucker Carlson. I remember specifically uh, a... I should have looked that up, but there was a uh, a video where Tucker Carlson had Dr. Cornell West on, and Dr. Cornell West was actually talking about socialism. And by the end of his explanation, Tucker Carlson said, "By this explanation, I would be okay with becoming a socialist." That was from <laughs> that was from Tucker Carlson. The far right winger that everybody, you know, on the left, you know, does not like, which he has an extremely problematic views to me, is like, wow, if if that's what socialism is, I, I'm okay with that. What? So yeah. Um let me just show it. Let, let's just show. The campaign video. Uh, hang on, let me make sure. Yeah. This is going to be interesting, y'all. I was shocked. Let's go. In these bleak times, 
I have decided to run for truth and justice, which takes the form of running for president of the United States as a candidate for the People's Party. I enter in the quest for truth. I enter in the quest for justice. And the presidency is just one vehicle to pursue that truth and justice, what I've been trying to do all of my life. I come from a tradition where I care about you. I care about the quality of your life. I care about whether you have access to a job with a living wage, decent housing, women having control over their bodies, health care for all. The escalating the destruction of the planet the destruction of American democracy. Democracy creates disruption. It creates an eruption. It creates an interruption. Wide from below the energies of everyday people is manifest. And I know there are precious people in your life who you care for. That's why it's important for you to be involved, important for you to participate. I'm not talking about hating anybody, we're talking about loving. We're talking about affirming. We're talking about empowering those who have been pushed to the margins because neither political party wants to tell the truth about Wall Street, about Ukraine, about the Pentagon, about big tech. Neo-fascists like Brother Trump or milquetoast neoliberals like Brother Biden. Wow, I'm so happy to make a world-shaking decision. You know what I mean? Well, I know gangsters when I see them. <laughs> and gangsters not a... Objective expression, it's an objective condition. Do we have what it takes? We shall see, but some of us are going to go down fighting, go down swinging with style and a smile, accenting the best in you and trying to tease out the best in me. Let's do it together. I'm going to say this. Yesterday. Bring. Hey, Sabby, what's going on? Hey, JB, isn't that crazy? I know. That's crazy, right? Yeah. What is everybody going to do? I don't know. There's some people that went behind Marianne. There's some people that went behind RFK Jr. What are they going to do now? Because a lot of them love Dr. Cornell West, but they already threw their support behind him. What a conundrum. That was the conversation between me and Savvy Sabs yesterday. We were just like, we were laughing our behinds off. We, we were laughing because we were like, after what Marianne Williamson said about, about on, on RBN, about Palestinians, about a two-state solution, after the 
cluster F of what RFK Jr. did regarding, you know, Palestinian rights and what he said about, you know, uh, you know, the aspirations of Palestinians. After all that, now you have somebody who comes in the race who has a way more decent, at least, uh, policy regarding the Israel-Palestine conflict. And now he jumps into the race. And now you got all these people that talk about how much they love him. And they already endorsed people who are running in the Democratic Party. And now you have somebody who is progressive. And he's running outside of duopoly. Oh, my goodness. What are they to do? It is hilarious to me right now. And there's a couple of things that there's a couple of concerns that I have that I'm, I'm gonna bring up. But the fact that Dr. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Oh, oh, <laughs> this is crazy. Yo, okay, so Dr. Cornell West is running for president. Now, he's running under the Movement for People's Party, the MPP. Now, here is my thing, my concern. The People's Party has been, uh, have some problematic things that have happened in the past. They're a fairly young third party, but when it comes to the issues regarding anti-blackness um, within, you know, the volunteers, which was talked about by some uh, volunteers on on uh, independent media, uh, it has been talked about on RBN. It's been talked about. It's been brought up on Rising, um, as well as the allegations, the sexual assault allegations from the uh, chair. Nick Brana. Um, so because of those things and the fact that it has, I think it has, it has no ballot access, or I think it has only ballot access in three states. Uh, that is a concern when it comes to MPP, Movement for People's Party. And so because of that, that's what makes a lot of people pause before giving any support to Dr. Cornell West. Um, as you all know, I don't support anybody. Even after his after his announcement, I still don't support anybody running for president right now. Uh, I'm not going to be lending. Um, my platform to support any particular person because ultimately we save us. There's not going to be a savior. I'm not saying that uh, voting won't be an option. I'm saying that's like the very least of what any of us can do. So it's like, yeah, let me go over to my local precinct, bubble a couple of letters, and then leave. Eh, whatever. Um, 
the most important thing is the organizing and mutual aid work that needs to be done. That is what is important. What the people like, for instance, who are organizing against Cop City, that's most important. And other different issues like that. But what like like what do you guys think? Because there's these issues surrounding uh you know MPP, but at the same time, looking at you know different parties, like for instance, how many people would be Disappointed if he ran in the Democratic Party. Quite a few people, they would be disappointed. How many people will be disappointed if he ran in the Green Party? Now, I do have respect for the Green Party. However, I am learning that they have some issues themselves, right? And so because of that, there are issues with the Green Party too. So it feels like no matter what party you go into, there is going to be an issue. I do respect that he's running outside of duopoly. I, I actually respect that. But the MPP is like, mm, Dr. West, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Blake Watson, Watson, this is the point I was going to bring up. Blake says MPP is young, unknown, is a young unknown party that someone with West stature could easily transform and evolve. Here's my thing. How many people outside of the Twitter left know what MPP is? Like some people will know, but the Green Party, like hell, I remember the Green Party back when Ralph Nader was running. Right. I remember seeing them in passing, but I didn't know that much about them. But here's the thing. A lot of people know who Dr. Cornell West is. Hell, the first time I saw Dr. Cornell West was when I was watching Matrix, um, the Matrix. Matrix Reloaded. Remember, he was in there. He was one of the council members. He said comprehension is not a requisite of cooperation. So that's him way back then. He was on, uh, oh my God, that talk show talking to Sister Soldier. You know what I'm saying? He he's known like black people know who Dr. Cornell West is. He's also one of them people that actually was very critical of Barack Obama. We know who he is, and so the thing is, is that then a lot of people don't know about MPP. So all the critiques about MPP, a lot of people don't know about. So could this be a means to turn MPP around? To uh, clean things up even within the organization? I don't know. But at I also see a lot of people getting behind him because he's not part of the Democratic Party. And if you guys uh, haven't watched, wa go ahead and watch uh, 
Dr. Umar Johnson and how he, despite his problematic views on many different things that I have, he did say something that was important about black people in the Democratic Party. And because, you know, black people constantly go with the Democratic Party, but the Democratic Party really doesn't do anything for us. For someone like Dr. Cornell West, of his stature, especially within the black community, is that an important point that he's running outside the Democratic Party? I think that is, that's massive. Even some people who are uh, part of the Adolf's movement, African descendants of slaves, um, they seem to be more warming up to him. Even though Marion Williamson has reparations on her platform. Dr. Cornell West pulls some weight. And so it feels to me that this is a shift that I did not see coming. I was like, wait a minute. I did not have this on my bingo card for this election season. And I remember saying this last week. In fact, I said this to Savvy last week. <laughs> I said, this election season is going to be crazy. And now we're seeing shifts as we speak. And this is one of them. And so I don't know if MPPs, uh, their image can be cleaned up as tarnished as it is right now among the online left. But at the same time, I am happy he's running outside of duopoly. I just don't know if MPP was the right choice. But, you know, we're going to see how his, how his, uh, you know, candidacy goes. You know, and my question for him is, okay, do I think that he's going to win? Do I think he's going to win? No, I don't. But a lot of times there could be, and somebody as popular as him, could push out a, a a more salient conversation into the ether about number one, black people leaving the Democratic Party, because that's number one. Number two, this could be a salient conversation more about things like the rights of Palestinians, healthcare for all. Um you know, student debt and getting rid of college tuition, period. Uh, environmental issues, living wage. This could push these things out into the ether, so to speak. And without having the pressures of a Democratic Party on you to stay in a certain lane, this is an opportunity for Dr. Cornell West to go scorched earth. I said this back in 2020. 
I said Bernie needed to go scorched earth in order to truly get himself the nomination. And he didn't do it. This is an opportunity because Dr. Cornell West is not running in the duopoly. He could go scorched earth and straight mollywop him. I don't think he will. Because he's a nice guy. I think Dr. Cornell West is a little too nice. We need a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's just not. He's a very nice person. <laughs> very likable. Very likable. Despite some disagreements I have with him on certain policies, and I have some agreements with him on other policies, he's a very likable person. But the problem is, is that, you know, I just hope, I hope that this increases the conversation on socialism and communism. I hope this increases the conversation and makes more people consider uh, turning away from the duopoly and really turning out into the streets. And when I say turning out into the streets, I don't mean just protests. I'm talking about actual organizing to create dual powers so that we can leave this capitalist system. Am I being naive? I don't know. Am I being overly optimistic? Maybe. Um, but that's what it feels like. And so Dr. West running, um, it could be a sign because remember when uh remember when ice cube did the contract for black america and he went to democrats and republicans and was like we shouldn't give neither of these parties any support until they actually do things for black people right then you got people like doc, uh, dr umar johnson saying the same thing basically and what have a lot of black people been saying you know, like, why are we in either one of these parties? They're not doing a damn thing for us. So why should we, why should we participate? And now you have a black man that's well known within the black community. That is progressive. That's actually running outside the duopoly. I honestly think that it's going to be significant. It's not going to be enough to win anything because really the system is rigged. But just like with Bernie's run, and it woke a lot of us up, despite the huge disappointment that Bernie Sanders is, and the failure that he is now, it did wake a lot of us up. We have to be, we have to contend with that. We have to realize that. And now, this could be a waking up for all of us that who aren't a woke, to use the word, you know, in its proper context to what is really going on regarding the corporate dictatorship that we have in this country. I see this as a net positive. You know what I mean? As far as the conversation. Does that make any sense? That's how I see it, as a net positive. Um, 
But at the same time, I feel like the work has to be finished by us, meaning that we push it towards this conclusion where we say, see what he's saying? That things can be better? All right, let's go the route and how you can make things better yourself. Because he, he's not going to save you. They're not going to save you. Only we can do that. And so it's almost like planting a seed in everybody's mind at one big, massive moment. But then we take that football and we run it into the end zone. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's almost like it's almost like the little blurb in, a, in an article that kind of piques your interest and then you read further. And we're the part, we're the body of that article, right? He's the blurb. And while it's not really going to I would hope that it could change things. I don't think it will with him as a president because the system. Shit, they'll JFK him. Because the system does not allow people for like him. Even though I'm further to the left than him, they still won't allow for people like him. So he will never become president. Even though he's not as further to the left that I would like. Because the system needs to be changed. And the system, the only way the system will change is by through the people. And this means organizing and building community with each other outside of the electoral system in order to make something better. So, while that being said, like I said, the conversation can this can open up better conversations with our neighbors, with our people in our community. Now, these are some of the things that he's bringing up. So, this is on his website, his campaign website. Um, I do like this quote, Justice is what love looks like in public. I do like that quote. Um, now, here is the policies that I have looked at. I try to go deeper, but there aren't any links to expand on these policies yet. He just announced yesterday. So this website is very fresh. Uh, so create a true democracy. It says clean out government corruption and create a true democracy. Get money out of politics and ban corporate lobbying. Enact term limits in Congress and switch to hand-counted paper ballots. Um, so starts off grid. You know, need to expand more on these things, of course. Uh, but this is something that needs to be brought up. And the thing is, everybody talks about this. Everybody talks about it. But they keep, you know, a lot of people keep voting for the, the duopoly who don't want to do this. And then on top of it, the people who actually don't want these things and don't vote for the duopoly, they sit out and you know, the thing is, is that the system needs to be changed. And in order to really do it, more revolutionary tactics need to be employed. 
uh, like organizing and building, uh, you know, a dual power. And for people to talk about, which is good. Revitalize our economy, says guarantee quality education, housing and a living wage and paid leave to all, curb inflation, support unions and expand social security, fix our infrastructure and forgive all student debt. Now, this is also a really good thing. So this actually pushed this more out into the conversation. Uh, we are experiencing now uh, some of the largest, uh, some of the largest support for unions in decades. And so, you know, that it could be a very good thing for us to, um, you know, for us to put that more in the ether of people having more say over their workplaces and more power. Now, I, for one, am more supportive of worker co-ops and workers owning the means of production. Remember, I'm a socialist. Unionization is in the right direction. So if this, you know, helps us get into the right direction as far as the national conversation, I'm all for it. So then when people go, oh, unions, I'll go, I'll take it even further. Let's start having more worker co-ops, right? Just like people saying, oh, Medicare for all. Great. I'll take it even further. Let's nationalize our healthcare system completely. Take it further. Use this as a platform to take it further because people will be talking about this, but use when people like him speak out, use his message as a platform to okay, look, I'm not just going to give you one rose. I'm going to give you a dozen roses. I'm not going to give you just, I'm not going to give you just a, a short stack of pancakes. I'm going to give you a tall stack. You know what I'm saying? He takes an inch, you give people a mile, right? So it's like you're using this as a conversation piece. You know what I mean? That's what basically what I mean. Now, the next one is Medicare for all. It says guaranteed health care to all like, wait, guaranteed health care to all like every other major country on earth. Ensure comprehensive care, including dental, vision, hearing, mental, substance abuse in long term, lower drug prices and abolish medical debt. So this is also going to be put the medical debt conversation, right? Because a lot of people were talking about student debt, but let's talk about medical debt too, right? So that's going to be in the conversation and use this to say, look, this system wants to keep these things in place. Use this as a conversation piece and the wars bring our troops home and invest those trillions in war dollars into American communities, support veterans, stop all foreign military aid, close the bases, close the bases. That's a really good one. Disband NATO. That's another big one and ban nuclear weapons globally. So, Look, this is a great conversation piece to say that how this how this terrible the system is. We have nearly a thousand bases around the country, over eight hundred bases around um, around the world. Why do we need all these bases? And why are we spending so much on our military? We're spending almost a trillion dollars on our military annually. It says expand civil liberties, guarantee equal rights to all Americans, restore free speech. Protect choice. Stop CBDCs, regulate AI, and break up big tech. So these are some of the things that a lot of people have talked about, especially like, for instance, they were talk, trying to talk about the TikTok man 
the thing is like that's also a, a free speech issue right so this is also stuff that you can bring into the conversation regarding why we need to come together as communities uh to really create uh a, a new system that does not depend on capitalism and of course like i said we know that it's not going to happen through you know you know the run for president but this can be a conversation piece protect the environment clean up pollution in our food water and air tackle climate change and shift to regenerative regenerative i can't talk today regenerative agriculture remove oil and gas subsidies and drilling on public lands and invest in clean energy because these you know especially these oil companies these fossil fuel companies own part of our government and so of course and the banks own the other part so you can use this to talk about how the system how the corruption of the system so you know even though you know he doesn't expand upon these these six things are basically going to be the crux of his candidacy and the thing is they use it as a conversation piece to push things even further because honestly this is what is necessary for us is to push the conversation further uh jessica mister says no abolish the police unfortunately this is why i say <laughs> this is why i say he's not as further left as i am and you know i mean like for instance take out the militarization of police this is why we have to push the conversation further right that's what i that's what i mean so dr cornell west running is going to be an interesting thing um yeah i you know i think that he um you know he means well and you know, I think, you know, in a democracy, anybody, you know, who wants to run, runs. I just don't have faith in the system. You know, because in, in my opinion, I mean, all those policies are very moderate, very moderate. Yeah. They're not, they're not policies that really me because I'm further to the left than that. And I think that we can actually do better than that. But like I said, steps in the right direction. Um, and some people will go, well, you're not going to have 100% everything that you want in a president. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But he's still running in a system that's corrupt. This is why it's like, it's like, okay, voting for president is like being in a room. Voting for president in this system is like being in a room where somebody pooped on the floor. And for now, voting for president is like taking potpourri or, you know, some aerosol spray and spraying the air just so that you can get the stink out of the room. 
but you have to get rid of the poop first in order to really alleviate the problem. Voting for president is just spraying the spray to get rid of the smell temporarily. It's not really going to solve the problem, right? Solving the problem really is actually getting the poop off the floor and cleaning the area and throwing the poop away so that the smell is gone permanently. The thing is, is that I say get the poop off the floor, clean up the area, then spray some aerosol spray, <laughs> you know? But the main thing is cleaning up the area. That's the primary thing we need to do. And unfortunately, we have been conditioned to just spray, 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 but the shit is still there. And you can spray as many times you want, but it's gonna wear off. And what's gonna be left? Shit. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. And so, uh, you know, that's why it's important for us to get the cleanup work first. Because once you start the cleanup work, then everything else will fall into place. Does that make sense? The, you know, does that analogy make sense? I know it was a little gruesome, but, you know, that's that's what I mean. And so this is why organizing your communities, performing, you know, mutual aid. Uh, we're trying to start these. Uh, well, we're in the process of starting the chapters with RBN. Um, and this is just an example for you to do. Uh, if you're involved in any type of mutual aid organizations that help out your community so that the community does not need to go to the banks, does not need to go to these institutions, which, you know, keep us down. If you can teach people some stuff without them having to participate in these, you know, college systems so that they can learn some stuff. Great. Cool. Excellent do it get people away from utilizing the system so that they can have something better for themselves you know what i mean because this system is the problem it's not a problem it's the problem so yeah um so use these policies as a conversation piece in order to shift the focus even further to a more egalitarian system. That's what I mean. Gosh, I really, yeah. So I'm gonna go to the chat really quick um, so that we can talk more about this and then we'll move on to the next story. All right, so Y'all been talking. I'm telling you. All right. All right. So.
we need critical thinking says i don't vote good third party thinking that we have any sort of chance of winning i register and vote and more for a good third party for information wars and as an fu to the unit party yeah i mean i i vote third party um and i know that it's not going to win but the thing is, is that it, it it introduces these ideas into the conversation which is good but at the same time you know my you know and yeah i do spray you know some of that spray you know as as it were but i'm going to be you know i'm trying to focus on the cleanup more than just spraying you know the aerosol spray to you know clean the air actually ah yeah it's like spraying this and trying to clear up the air but you know and that wasn't a advertisement for febreze i wouldn't dare uh Hey, it's cheap. I got it. Blake uh, Watson says MPP is a young. Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Uh, RIP George Hash Habash says he won't win either way. This is a chance to raise class consciousness and get a party at 5% on the debate stage. That's basically what I was been saying. You just said it a lot better, a lot, you know, a lot more than I did. So thank you so very much. Uh, Gamer for Life says in some states you vote third party, which is true. They do not allow it, which is why I said the system is the problem. You know, everybody talks about, oh man, we need ranked choice voting, we need star voting, we need to get out of this unit party. The thing is, is that it's part of the system. That's why I don't think that he'll, I don't think he'll win. And on top of it, um. I do think that a huge amount of black people are going to be awakened, which is good. But this is why people like myself and a lot of us, especially black people in this media space, need to use that as a way to build clash consciousness among us. Because let's be real. Whatever happens in the black community, when we make it popular, oh baby, it's popping. When we make it popular, oh, right? Right? Case in point, woke. So, you know, you know, all the things that we have basic like twerking. Twerking was in the pop. It was in the black community. Now, you have, <laughs> you know, young white women making classes and teaching rich, rich, rich women how how to how to twerk in classes. But who popularized it? Who was doing it? Right, the long nails. Who who popularized that? So if we can popularize these trends, what about more class consciousness? What about the, the concrete things that actually will help us better? So that's the thing. Use this as a way to build class consciousness as um, as George Habash said. The jam mom comes in saying, the political discourse will benefit from his voice being in the center of conversation. The 
that, you know, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hence, Steve said this could be very good, but it could also be very bad if he does a Bernie. Ooh, that would be even harder to overcome. I'm watching for now. Yeah. And as a person in the independent media space, my duty is to observe and report. I observe and I report back to y'all. That's what I'm going to be doing. But yeah. Serena Sawyer says, why go through MPP? Surely he knew about the controversy, and I'm worried that's what corporate and PMC news will focus on rather than the platform. That, oh, Serena. Girl, I got to take a sip of that one. Oh, you hit a point. Because, yeah, they will focus on the issues surrounding MPP. Surrounding MPP and uh, I think there's their Slack, how they treated uh, black people. Uh, well, some members of MPP, how, you know, volunteers were treating black people. And then the issues surrounding Nick Brana. Yeah, the, boy, I'm telling you. Yeah. Actually, I count, I count on it happening. I count on a snake to be a snake, right? Yeah, the corporate media is going to harp on that. That's the issue. It's going to be an uphill battle for him. That's for sure. And that's a great question, Serena. Damn. Uh, a one and a two. Donahue. Yes, he was on Donahue. Um, I, I was forgetting the name. Thank you so much for and a one and a two. Um yeah, he was on Donahue and he was actually talking and uh, there was kind of a, a interesting thing between him and Sister Soldier, how Sister Soldier was basically saying, you're not going far enough. Right. And so there was a, you know, kind of a contention between Dr. Cornell West and Sister Soldier. And so I think that's, you know, I think that's my contention is though I respect a lot of his views. I do have some disagreements with him, and I don't think he goes far enough. So, um, and plus, he's running in this system, which, you know, it raises great conversation in class consciousness, but I don't, I, it's not missed upon me that it will not be successful because we literally have to change the system first. But yeah, thank you so very much. Mouse SF says, Morpheus for head of <laughs> Morpheus for our Department of Defense. Yes, zombie in the air. My internet is is uh, not the best at at this moment. Creative Experiment says Cornell West can't exercise Nick Brana's demon soul. Creative experiments, don't you know no good? Don't you know no good? Zombie in the air says, I'm, I think I'm just going to reserve judgment on this one. Yeah, you're going to have to just wait and see. I'm just going to observe and report. That's pretty much what I'm doing. Modern Retro Radio says, Cornell West told us to hold our nose and vote for Joe Biden in 2020. West is not a serious candidate. He's a sheepdog, just like AOC, Bernie, Warren, and the Fraud Squad, and all the others. 
He did tell us that. That's another strike against him. He did tell us that. So, yeah, that's the one thing. Look. Um, my, my thing is, he needs to say, my bad for that one. My apologies. Because what we've been saying is that Biden and Trump are really just two sides of the same coin. There's no difference between them. And so telling us to vote for Biden, you might as well have told us to vote for Trump. And if you told us to vote for Trump, you might as well have told us to vote for Biden. They're the same person. Just one is more orange than the other. That's it. <sighs> That's a tough critique, modern retro video. But I I don't know, man. I, I can't even argue against it. That's why I say use the platform as a means to talk about these things to other people, you know, in order to help them to organize for their own community, which is more valuable than ever, you know, knocking on doors or doing phone banking for any politician. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah. all one same or is it alone same either way hi <laughs> what's not to like um like for instance the don't see anything about defunding the police um and then honestly um i would have if, if I were running for president, one of my things on my platform would be to encourage and strengthen worker co-ops. Um, and there'll be a few other things as well. I can't think of it at this moment, but yeah. But I, I would go further. Uh, I would put in a full nationalization of our healthcare system. If I'm going to go, I'm gonna swing for the fence. I'm going to swing for the fence and leave no crumbs. I'm just going to whack. I'm going to hit as hard as I possibly can. Right. And then utilize, uh, utilize the, the indie media. So yesterday, what Dr. West did was he went on, uh, he went on Russell Brand and announced. Russell Brand has over 6 million subs. And so, and on top of that, he's cool with Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan has over 10 million listeners. So, I'm going to be real with you. If I were Dr. West, I would have went even further left than what I believe. I would have went even further to the left. But he didn't. So, but yeah. Uh, RIP George Hashbash says RFK doesn't want to do Jack to help the environment. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I have to read it. I have to read his uh, his platform. But from what I heard, it's not really much on it. What he says, attacks are to be expected. If West starts pulling above five percent, the golden number for third parties, it'll go into overdrive, like how attacks on Joe Stein went up in 2016. I do have a fear for Dr. West. I do fear for him a little bit because they arrested Dr. Joe Stein and held her so that she couldn't participate in the debate. And they will they will do that. They will do stuff like that. Humanitarian humanitarian classicide says other than saying he and his platform are bigger and are more important than this that the opportunity to spread socialist and revolutionary idea outweighs. Yeah, that's basically what I was saying too. Thank you so very much for that. Winnie Quickle, Quickle Thinking says, looking forward to the Greens and the Peace and Freedom Party, a.k.a. PSO. POTUS candidates will be this cycle. Are they even running a presidential candidate? Because look, we need critical thinking. Let, let, let's talk. So here's my question. If the Green Party is serious about running a presidential candidate, why haven't they started now? Because from... A, a, strate a, a strategic perspective with the Green Party, I would have started probably in April. I would have started if I would have had a presidential candidate and put him out there in April. But they don't have anybody yet. So it's like, what are you guys going to wait for? Are you guys going to wait till 2024? Right in January to announce? Because if you guys want to get somebody as successful, y'all got to get them out on, on the ground. Neil, I got to say it like, you know, I got to use my Jersey accent. You got to get that person out. Neil, not a few months from No, it'll be too late by then. PSL and Green Party, y'all need to get on it. How in the hell y'all going to have, how in the hell y'all going to announce after MPP? How long have y'all been in this? Come on now. And look, here's the thing. I have no, you know, I, I know that neither one of them are going to win. But the more people that are running that are saying things similar or to the left of Dr. West, the bigger the conversation. The bigger, you know, opportunity that we have to really talk you know, to people about class consciousness and, you know, building community in order to organize so that we can get rid of this ugly ass system. But they're not doing it. It's like, what are y'all waiting for? Good to see you, Sebastiano. All right. And CBC voter, good to see you. Copa Commander says, I'm willing to give anyone power who cares about people. Don't care if you're a communist or uh, made bad tweets 11 years ago. 
Jesco Mister says, land back. Yes, that's another one. That's another policy that I think that should be put out there. Land back is actually very important, especially to our indigenous people, our indigenous siblings out there. They need their land back, you know? Janice Anderson says, while there are some red flags with West candidacy, it is more about getting a third party to over 5% of that popular vote to get the third party automatic ballot access for the next election cycle. That's true, too. All right. So I'm going to go to the next story because uh, I talked about this long enough. <laughs> and this is going to be very important. Uh, by the way, if you guys have not, please make sure to like the stream if you have not already. Also, please make sure to subscribe if you haven't as well. And uh, if you guys would like to, you guys can also go to my Patreon as well. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Reality Revolution. Reality Revolution says, why nobody care about the unbelievable laptop, Malia Obama? I don't know what that's about. I have to look into that. But Malia Obama and a laptop? I have no idea. But thank you so very much for that. Let's check on The Rock. Rory O'Neill and The Rock fans saying, hi, JB. Good to see you, Rory O'Neill. Thank you so very much. Good to see you. All right. I see you slip in, SG. Good to see you. All right. So what's next? Stop Cop City. We're going to find out what it is and why we need to stop. Cop City. It was explained by Kamal Franklin, and I am going to share what the explanation of Cop City is, and then share some details with you as well. And it is very important that you guys know what this is because this can happen uh, it's something that can happen to any city within us and this is going to affect us as a nation. So and Kamal Franklin will be on next week. So look forward to that. But this is what the explanation of Cop City is. Cop City is an idea that came uh, after the 2020 uprisings by the city of Atlanta, the Atlanta Police Department and the Atlanta, um, um, uh, the Atlanta Foundation, Atlanta Police Foundation. Uh, the idea basically is that uh, they want to develop a militarized police base that's right next to uh, a black and brown working class community. And by building this space, they want to cut down over 100 acres of forest. Uh, they want to develop an area where there's a, a room for explosive testing, explosives testing, uh, over 12 firing ranges, a place where there's a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad, a training center for them to practice uh, crowd control. We should also mention that they are engaged in international training with the Israeli police. Um, and so we think this, this project really is the beginning of a militarized police base 
here in Atlanta, which will be the largest facility of its kind in the country. And the reason for doing this, uh, coming out of the uprisings, we believe, is to stop movement politics and movement uh, building in Atlanta to coordinate efforts across the country with other police departments and now internationally to stop movement building. And we think this is going to be further sort of terroristic action on black and brown communities by a, a, a police state. Cop City is. So that's the breakdown of what Cop City was. And I can't wait to have Kamal Franklin on next week. Uh, we're going to be talking more about his evolution and things like that. And then we're going to touch on as well as the further uh, the further issues surrounding Cop City um, that have actually been happening today. That is really it's, it's ever changing on the ground as we speak in Atlanta. Uh, so if you guys uh, did not know about Cop City, this is basically what it is. And I just want to break down just a little bit about the things that he's saying, just to expound on the seriousness of Cop City. Cop City is an idea that came uh, after the 2020 uprisings by the city of Atlanta. Yeah. So if anybody remembers, if you remember the protests after the murder and assassination of George Floyd by the hands of police, this was a huge wake-up call to a couple people. It was a huge wake-up call to those of us as citizens to see that how much power we really have in numbers. And this is also a huge wake-up call to the powers that be, the corporate dictators, right? And so because of the corporate dictators, um, they saw this as dangerous to them because they don't want people to organize like this. Let's see. And so let me see. Uh, okay. So I'm going to show you guys uh, the corporations that are behind or supporting Cop City as well. All right. So if you guys can see this. These are the corporations that are really behind Cop City. Oops, I wanted to put that down. What's that? Okay. Okay. So we can actually have all the names. Then I will do this. Okay. So as you can see, these are the corporations that are behind Cop City that are helping them out. So you have Wells Fargo, Amazon, and a lot, a lot of people, a lot of right-wingers are like, oh, my God, Chick-fil-A, they're, they're participating in uh, DEI, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're going to get rid of them, Chick-fil-A. Look, Chick-fil-A <laughs> is, uh, is participating in increasing militarized police. They are not the, on the left. 
people need to wake up. Delta Airlines, UPS. By the way, uh, there might be, if UPS does not agree with the Teamsters, if they don't come to an agreement with the Teamsters, then the Teamsters and the unions for UPS are going to be having a massive strike beginning on August 1st. And that strike will be over 350,000 UPS workers. It's going to be major. So that's just the point of just, just to let you guys know. Home Depot, Inspire Brands, right? Georgia State University, the Atlanta Hawks, and State Farm Arena. Accent Enterprises, previously Taser, of course. Waffle House, as many people from prisons that they employ, they're behind this. And then J.P. Morgan Chase. They're all in league with the Atlanta Police Foundation. So that just lets you know that the corporate dictators are behind this. Now, let's go back to the video to break it down a little bit further. Police Department and the Atlanta, um, um, uh, the Atlanta Foundation, Atlanta Police Foundation. Uh, the idea basically is that uh, they want to develop a militarized police base that's right next to uh, a black and brown working class community. And by so, th to add insult to injury, is right next to us, basically, and so. Not only are we already disproportionately being targeted by them, but now they're building, you know, the police base right next to our community in front of us. Like, that's like, that's like building. That's like building a, a slaughterhouse, you know, next to you know a a a, a wildlife refuge for 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 cattle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Crazy man. Let's continue. By building this space, they want to cut down over a hundred acres of forest. Uh, they want to develop an area where there's a, a room for explosive testing, explosives testing, uh, over 12 firing ranges, a place where there's a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad, a training center for them to practice uh, crowd control. We should also mention that they are engaged in international training with the Israeli police. Um, and so we think this, this project really is the beginning of a militarized police base so if anybody knows what's going on uh, with the Palestinians in Gaza and how the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, actually treats the Palestinians and the police are being trained by them, then you know that this is bad. This is very bad. And the fact is, is that and I wrote this down because this thought came to my head. What is the difference between the military and the police? 
It's just a name. Imperialism is now in the U.S. So it's now how we had imperialism outside the U.S. It's come inward now. What they did to people in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Somalia, many other countries. It's going to happen in our borders. The only difference is that the soldiers will be wearing badges. This is imperialism fulfilled. That's what's happening. People would say, oh, they would never use the US, they would never use the US military against civilians. They're turning the police into a military against civilians. They would never do that. They're doing it now. They're doing it now. So to all those people, all those people that got the don't tread on me flags. Oh, no, this is tyranny. Don't tread on me. Why aren't you out at Cop City saying stop Cop City? Why aren't you out there? Y'all, come like, come on. All you got, look. All you right-wingers that talk about, oh, well, we need to have a militia in order to stop the tyranny, you know, just in case it happens, it's happening in front of you. It's happening. And some of y'all support this? Wait, hold up, hold up, wait, wait, wait. Some of y'all support this. Y'all talk about tyranny and you support this? Get the out of here, man. Y'all talking about y'all, y'all, y'all are against tyranny, and y'all literally see it happening in front of your face. Y'all unserious, man. You got people out there with no weapons whatsoever that are defending it. The soy boys are actually out there defending and fighting tyranny. The soy boy, you guys gonna allow the soy boys to beat you guys at defending the country against tyranny? Is that is that how it is? Yeah, that's right. The soy boys got bigger balls than you. Put your money where your mouth is. Go ahead and defend them. You guys, you guys love hunting, fishing, all that stuff. They're taking that away from y'all. That area that's known as the lungs of Atlanta and Georgia, they're taking that away, man. Come on now. Tyranny's knocking at your door. What you gonna do? Let's defend these protesters that are going against Cop City. Defend them. Some of you guys fought in the military. You said you will protect and defend the Constitution, to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Well, it is domestic. Man, 
here in Atlanta, which will be the largest facility of its kind in the country. And the reason for doing this uh, coming out of the uprisings, we believe, is to stop movement politics and movement uh, building in Atlanta to coordinate efforts across the country with other police departments and now internationally to stop. To coordinate with other police departments. This means that they will be coming to a police department near you. So whenever you're trying to organize, whenever you're trying to build dual power, this will be the training facility that they will use in order to stop you from changing the system. This is what Cop City is. fascism man stop movement building and we think this is going to be further sort of terroristic action on black and brown communities by a, a, a police state so yeah further further police state now let's go into a little bit more of the explanation this is at stop stopcop.city and it says no police military base in Wheelani Forest so the city of Atlanta has released 381 acres of Wheelani Forest stolen Muskogee land to the Atlanta Police Foundation for a police military facility funded by corporations Cop City will never be built. Hashtag stop cop city. Says, and it, and it gives the explanation. And is a mock city to practice urban warfare. Dozens of shooting ranges and a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad. Says making Atlanta the most surveilled city in the United States. Now, by the way, Atlanta is a black city. So, of course, it's going to be the most surveilled. Says the Atlanta Police Foundation funds Operation Shield, a citywide network of nearly 11,000 surveillance cameras and license plate readers that has only expanded the round the clock monitoring of black Atlantans. The Atlanta Police Foundation spent more than $2.6 million, nearly one third of its reported 2017 expenses on the Operation Shield surveillance program, eclipsing other expenses such as a, such as the At Promise Youth Initiative, a youth center that puts black children and their families in direct contact with law enforcement. Both Operation Shield and At Promise Youth Initiative are part of the multi-million dollar West Side Security Plan to increase police presence in the predominantly black neighborhoods in Atlanta's West Side, a gentrification pressure area it says in direct contact with law enforcement i'm sorry uh in a 2019 report by the technology research firm comparatech ranked atlanta as the most surveilled city in the united states in terms of cameras per capita 66. Let's see the aclu has raised concerns that video surveillance has not been proven effective Citing a study that noted that 
because of discriminatory targeting, black people were between one and a half and two and a half times more likely to be surveilled than one would expect from their presence in the population. Operation Shield relies on private funding and encourages private businesses to connect their cameras with police through a video surveillance hub that blankets Atlanta business districts. Atlanta Police Foundation is also working with Atlanta Police Department on an expanded program called Operation Aware, a predictive policing platform and criminal analytics software partnership with Microsoft to link the Operation Shield surveillance networks to databases of recently scanned license plates, vehicle registration records, and individual criminal records to start suggesting possible suspects almost automatically in a real-time crime center. Wasn't there a movie about this? What? Wait. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it called Minority Report? Wasn't there a movie about this? About about arresting people for crimes that they didn't even commit yet? Are y'all are y'all eyes open yet? Do do you do you see? Do you see it now? Yo, we got it. We got to talk. We got to talk. All right, let's go to the next one. It says predictive crime algorithms make racially biased policing even worse. Hello, AI. According to a 2017 study by Cornell University, predictive policing software may spark feedback loops where police are repeatedly sent back to the same neighborhoods regardless of true crime rate. Using surveillance and crime algorithms to almost automatically identify suspects, increase unwarranted stops and searches, police presence in majority black neighborhoods, and police brutality against black people. By design, the Atlanta Police Foundation's Operation Shield and Operation Aware programs increase police presence in public space surveillance in already over-policed communities. Instead of supporting community-based public safety initiatives that keep people safe, Police foundations directly donate or help police departments pay for surveillance software and equipment, military weapons, SWAT team equipment, and other tools that are used to terrorize Black people. By expanding police surveillance in Atlanta, the Atlanta Police Foundation has also... has also expanded operating costs for the city. The Atlanta Police Foundation paid for the cameras and the first three years of maintenance, leaving Atlanta on the hook for ongoing costs. This leads to contracting and oversight issues. When the police department and city did not immediately cover subsequent building and maintenance of the cameras, up to 250 cameras were left dead for months. Corporate involvement in Atlanta police have left communities two flawed options. Harm the over harm from over surveillance or a waste of taxpayer dollars, neither of which ensures public safety. And so, this is deeply important. This is why Cop City is so dangerous. I'm gonna put the link in the chat so you guys will have that because this is deeply important because this will be a 
center that is used across the nation in order to fight against you. That's what this is. So I'm sharing it into the chats. All right. So there was a hearing in Atlanta uh, yesterday. And so I'm going to be showing some of the results uh, from people in Atlanta. And you guys know last week I had on Chuck Modiano, journalist Chuck Modiano. And he actually shared video footage, raw video footage from the people coming in to city council in Atlanta. So let's take a look there. So they're saying cop city will never be built. And these are all the citizens, right? But I want you guys to take a look. I'm going to pause it at a certain point. I want you guys to see. cops they're all surrounding looking at the citizens look at it look all those cops are they there for safety or are they there to intimidate you tell me that's what it looks like to me it looks like intimidation they will use intimidation tactics he also says, let us speak. Let us speak. Hundreds hundreds waiting in line are told they may not be able to speak. This doesn't include hundreds more in line outside around the block, not allowed into the building. If you didn't arrive an hour early, you're likely not getting inside the building. So the line is out the building for city council. And so there's more. And uh, Chuck, Chuck Modiano is reporting that that chant has been going that went on for 15 minutes. 
let's go here. They're chanting, let them in. Oh, boy. This is massive. And the thing is that th that city does not, the city and the citizens do not want it. But these corporations and the politicians are pushing for this. And this just shows that the system is against its own people. Now. There is a uh, a clip that I want to play from Democracy Now, and they're also talking about it. And they've actually doubled the amount of money for Cop City. Let's get into it. Turnout at a city council meeting Monday as thousands lined up to voice their opposition to the construction of a massive police training facility known as Cop City. Atlanta police enforced enhanced security as people signed up to participate in a public comment session ahead of a vote to approve $30 million in additional funding for Cop City, bringing the total to $67 million, more than double the original estimate. It would be the largest police training facility in the country. This comes after an Atlanta police SWAT team, guns drawn, raided the Atlanta Solidarity Fund last Wednesday and arrested three people who'd been raising money to bail out protesters opposed to Cop City, charging them with money laundering and charity fraud. Georgia Democratic Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock criticized the arrests in a statement Sunday, saying, quote, while we still don't have all the details, as a pastor who's long been engaged in justice work, I'm concerned by what we know about last Wednesday's show of force against the organizers of an Atlanta bail fund and the questions it raises, he said. Those arrests come as 42 protesters face charges including domestic terrorism for opposing Cop City and after Atlanta police shot dead the environmental activist Manuel Tortuguita Teran in January. An autopsy shows they were sitting with their hands raised up in front of their body when police shot them 57 times. This is Muskegee Indigenous leader Neko Chabon addressing the Atlanta City Council on Monday. I am a part of the Methodist structure. I have been a part of the United Nations uh, Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues. I have been with conversations of human rights all across the world. I have walked with refugee camps in other parts and other nations of Indigenous peoples. I've seen situations just like what we're going through here in other countries. I've seen things going on where people have been killed just like what we're trying to say should never happen here. Remember what I said? about imperialism is now inside the United States? What did you just say? About refugees in other countries? 
forever wars are now in our borders. All over the world, and I don't want that to increase. Every time in these countries I shared with them, no matter what, how you slice it, the increasing of more militarized mechanism never establishes a peaceful society, no matter what. It never accomplishes what your hopes, what your arguments are. In fact, it does quite the opposite. In fact, our community, we are already living through the living proof of that at this moment. Today, I think it's obvious. I don't support Cop City. Monday's Atlanta City Council meeting started in the afternoon and continued for nearly 15 hours until about 5 a.m. this morning. At one point, protesters broke out in song as public comment continued. Recess has expired. So I'm just going to skip the, the singing part. Uh, See. The Atlanta City Council voted 11 to 4 to fund the Cop City facility. For more, we go to Atlanta for an update. Marlon Counts is with us, an organizer with the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, who was one of the three people arrested last Wednesday and just spent four days in jail. Also with us, one of the first to speak during Monday's public comment session, Reverend James Woodall. He's a public policy associate at the Southern Center for Human Rights and co-author of Wired for Racism, How Evolution and Faith Challenge Racial Idolatry. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! Reverend Woodall, let's begin with you. When you arrived at the Atlanta City Hall to give your public comment, can you talk about the different level of security and protocol to enter the premises that you'd ever experienced before? Just describe the scene for us and then what you said. Most definitely. Well, first, let me start by saying thank you for having us on the show today. Um, and when we entered Atlanta City Hall, we were met with bomb dogs. We were met with officers donning AR-15s. We had folks uh, in, in riot gear. Um, we saw a heightened level of security, both in protocol, meaning when we entered into the city hall, we couldn't even bring in food or water. And people were planning to be there literally all day and all night and to not even be able to bring in Gatorade. I had to throw my Gatorade out and had to walk out of the city hall, throw it out and come back in. And, and you know, it took a miracle, essentially, to be able to even bring pizza in towards the, the uh, latter portions of the afternoon into the evening. And we saw law enforcement officers really on every single level of the city hall uh, in the inside of the atrium. And so I had never uh, seen that kind of activity in which uh, our law enforcement response would essentially, uh, you know, criminalize in some ways what we were trying to do, which was to lift up the voice of the people. So it it's intimidation, right? That's what it is. It's intimidation to, to force you to not exercise your right. That's what it is. Let's be real. A lot of people will be like, oh, well, they were just trying to keep things safe. Like, no, they weren't. Mm -mm. No. It's intimidation. Point blank period. 
Um, now, I'm not going to play this entire thing, but one of the things that I want to go to is how the loss of democracy is actually bipartisan. Let me go to, let me see. We can go right there. So let's go here and let's continue. And this was a marathon meeting of the Atlanta City Council. Uh, your response to the outcome and the vote, and did you get a sense that any members of the City Council were, were moved at all by the testimony? Well, what I'll tell you is that that is an example and is indicative that our, our democracy has died. And the spirit of democracy has died because when the people show up and you see both parties, this isn't a, re a red versus blue, Democrat versus Republican kind of issue. We saw Republicans come out in opposition. We saw libertarians come out in opposition. You saw Democrats come out in opposition. You saw people who are not affiliated with any of the above come out in opposition. And when you see elected officials choose the side, not of the people, right, not of justice and liberty for all, but when you see uh, uh, elected officials take the side of corporate executives and nonprofit leaders who seek to profit off of taxpayer dollars, right, what we should be talking about is, is, is charity fraud on behalf of the Atlantic Public Foundation because of what we've seen them do and how the numbers have just not added up. And so I'm concerned that our democracy is dead because our elected officials are not representing the people regardless of who they vote for. When it's bipartisan, that's how you know it's in the system. It's systemic. This is why we try to change the system, but the system will be violent. Uh, when you, Whenever you try to change the system, uh, it will use violent means in order to resist that change. And I'm going to tell you all right now, if you guys get on Rockfin, you guys go to my channel on Rockfin. Read it on my Rockfin channel. Go ahead. All right. I'm telling you right now, this is what it's about. It is a bipartisan push to take the intrinsic rights that we have as people away. Now, let me go and see. Go to here. Actually, yeah. Let's go to here. It's right. Um, because if this kind of police violence can be brought, even against organizers like us who, uh, you know, who do nothing more than make sure that activists have access to lawyers, who make sure that they. So just to let you guys know, the Atlanta uh, Solidarity Fund is organized by him and a couple other people. And they're actually they actually were raising money for bail funds for people who were arrested for protesting cop city. 
And so they actually raided uh, his home early in the morning uh, so that they can put them under arrest. They're able to make bail if they can't afford it themselves. If this kind of violence can be brought against people like us, who is safe in this city? And, and what does that mean for the right to protest and democracy? Now, uh, they basically went against the people who are trying to help people make bail. Um, I'm gonna share something with you guys. Any of you guys remember the video It says, if the penalty for a crime is a fine, then that law only exists for the lower class. This is from the video game. Based, right? Now think about that when they try to, try to jail and arrest the people who are raising funds for people who are opposing Cop City. Now, they were providing an equalization so that the lower class in Atlanta doesn't have to do time for exercising their First Amendment right. So the powers that be and the police saw them as a threat. Make no mistake, if a rich benefactor was doing the same thing, that rich person would have been targeted as well. But we all know that the rich people wouldn't do such a thing largely because they don't because they benefit from this system. Now, I'll say this. I appreciate this white man using his privilege to raise funds to help our organizers and to fight against this carceral system that largely targets black and brown people. And this is why solidarity and building coalitions is so important because someone like him he could have just rested on his laurels and said i'm a white guy you know i can just you know chill out you know because they're not really going to target me that much so guess what yeah you guys leave it for yourselves but no he's like no you know what mm -mm, no because once they go for them they're going to come for me and i'm not going to have it Remember what they said? First they came for the communists and I did not speak out before I was a communist. Then they came after the trade unionists for I did not speak it out uh, and, and, and socialist because I did not speak out because I'm not a trade unionist or socialist. Remember that? Same thing, same idea. This is why building coalitions and solidarity is so important because if they're not going to come after you initially, that means they're going to come after you next. It's the same damn thing. And so when it comes to Cop City, this is deeply important. This is why we need to know more about it. 
let's go. Let me. This is why I, I'm so, you know, I can't wait to have Kamal Franklin on next week. But let's continue. And Mona, what, uh, what happened at your bail hearing on Friday? What was the judge's response to your arrest and the charges against the three of you? Yeah, I mean, after days in jail, we finally got in front of a judge who confronted the allegations against us, the arrest warrants. And the judge very quickly acknowledged that the charges are baseless. They're nonsensical. Um, we're being charged with charities, fraud, and money laundering. Um, and you know the activities of our organization are completely legal. They're transparent. They're above board. We very carefully follow all laws and regulations related to our work because we know that we are in the crosshairs of many political forces. Um, and the judge recognized this um, and fortunately issued us bail, um, which is, has been unusual in these protest cases, which are usually denied bail flat out. Um, and I think this shows that the efforts of prosecutors to demonize organizers associated with the movement against Cop City are beginning to be exposed. They're beginning to become unraveled and shown to be what they are, which is malicious political prosecutions that have nothing to do with enforcing the law, keeping the public safe. Um, what they really have to do with is bringing the force and violence of police and prosecutors um, to suppress a political movement, to suppress political speech. I want people to realize this. Even prosecutors, many of them, are some of the oppressors in this. Many district attorneys and attorney generals, as well as judges, are complicit in allowing the police to do what they do. This is in service to the dictators and their corporations, which extract us from our environment unfairly, extract from us and our environment unfairly to enrich themselves. So who are the lackeys in this? It's not just the cops, it's the district attorneys, prosecutors, attorney generals. It's the city council members, mayor. It is systemic. This is, this is why when I say it's systemic, I mean it because it's going all the way up. So who are they, who, who is their master? It's the corporate dictators. And they delegate to the people who are in government, this is what you need to do for us. And then they delegate to the police, which is basically the muscle of the mafia. And that muscle of the mafia basically inflicts their will upon the people in the surrounding neighborhood. And if you don't have money for protection, then they're gonna then they're gonna harass you. Think about it in mafia terms, right? If you don't have the money for the protection, guess what? They're gonna come after you. Who has the money for the protection? The corporate oligarchs, 
the corporate dictators, the people at the top. Who is getting harassed? Black, brown, and poor people. It's a mafia. This country is ran by mob bosses and not formal mob bosses. Their mob is just the corporations. And we have to buy from them. We have to utilize them in order for us to live. This is why we need dual power outside of the system so that we don't utilize them. So we can have a system that is different, that is better, that's egalitarian, that is equitable, that's equal. And they don't want that. And so they will use violent means in order to do it. Everybody talks about, oh, revolution is violent. The thing is, the violence is, is actually done, is put out by the system. And so when people fight back, that's all it is. It's just people defending themselves and fighting back. So when they shot Tortuguita, when they shot them, that was them saying, I don't care if you're doing it peaceful. We're going to get rid of you anyway. Dr. Martin Luther King, when he was leading those marches during the civil rights, they were wearing loafers. They were wearing very nice church clothes. They didn't have any weapons, and they still have violence against them. That's what it does. That's what the system does. It perpetu the state perpetuates a violent act in order to keep you down so that you don't change it. When you utilize your freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom to assemble, Second Amendment rights, all that. Guess what? They say, no, you have no rights here. And then guess what you do? You get eliminated. And the crazy part was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was actually trying to buy a gun, but they wouldn't allow him to register. He even saw, he was like, I'm going I'm to get, I'm going to strap up because I need to protect myself. But they wouldn't allow him. He and Malcolm X actually, by the end, were together as far as ideology. There was no real actual contention between them. That's just propaganda. So that's one of the things that we need to recognize. That's why it's so important to fight against this system. And you can do it just by communicating with your, you know, your neighbors, building solidarity, teaching, you know, using your, you know, mutual aid. You know, you could be teaching people things that, you know, maybe they don't know. Hell, you could, mutual aid could be, you know, baking, you know, or, or making food for somebody who, you know, doesn't have food. You, know, you got to spend your own money. You get some food. You got you got a little extra food stamps. All right, use those food stamps. You know to to buy some food for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Use you know your use your abilities. You know if you know how to uh, if you know how to you know work with computers and you know somebody that needs you know if you know how to like fix computers and you know and you have some spare computers. You know somebody that may need it or an organization that may need it, donate it. 
fix it and donate it. You know, do some free IT. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this is why, you know, independent media is so important. I hope you guys liked the stream and I hope you guys share because uh, these issues are so important. And the thing is that a lot of the corporate media is they're not going to talk about this. And if they do, it's only because they're only, only going to take the side of the corporate dictators. They're only going to take the side of the police. They're not going to take the side of the people. And so they'll push this out as, you know, you know, like, for instance, some of them are saying, oh, well, it's just outside agitators that are coming to speak out against Cop City. No, it's not. And even if it's outside, outside agitators, it's people that are going to be indirectly affected by Cop City in their own cities and towns. I live in Florida. I'm right below Georgia. Atlanta's not that far. You don't think that the OPD and Orange County Sheriff's Department is not going to utilize that against my neighborhood? I live in the hood, bro. They're gonna, oh, my God. They're already out here all the time. Of course, they're going to utilize it against people in me and my neighborhood. And you know who's not going to speak out about it? Maxwell Alejandro Frost. He's busy. At a Paramore concert, dancing, but he wouldn't dare speak out against this. In fact, he skipped town on on supporting Palestinians, and now guess what? <laughs> he's he's with he's you know basically down with you know the Israeli lobby. So yeah. This is why it's so important to talk about these things, man. Let people know about Cop City and let them know how it's going to be a disadvantage to them. Now, I'm going to play this right quick because this gives you the real deal about Cop City. I, God, I appreciate this guy. This gentleman... Oh, okay. I'm going to play this for y'all. And this is going to solidify everything. Okay. And this guy, this guy gets it. I just realized what the intention of Cop City is. And I know a lot of us think it's like urban response, but specifically Cop City's intention is to teach cops how to deal with protests on a large scale. To be more specific, and if you notice the size of Cop City, it's not a full size, you know, 100,000 people protest. It's specifically enough to learn how to cut the head off the protest, because what is a protester's natural response when cops start swinging? To run. In the Marines, we are taught to attack the first third of a convoy and destroy that, because typically leadership is found in the first third of that convoy. The natural response for a human being and therefore the most trained response for most, most forces to include our army is when you're cut off 
go turn around and go back to where you came from. Regroup and we'll figure out what to do after. The Marine Corps is one of the few forces that actually teaches. If you're cut off, you treat that like you are the muscles around a wound, you close with and you destroy whoever attacked that unit. It is the fact that protests do not have a swarm response because we're typically peaceful. Most people attending a protest are not looking to engage with cops. They just want to be seen. They want to feel a part of a bigger message than just themselves. So the fact that we don't have a swarm response in our protests is something the police are going to train to respond to. They want to take that head off of that protest where most of the leaders, most of the excited people are. They want to isolate them, surround them, and torture them while everybody else is fleeing. There's no cameras, nobody to watch. Cop City is about teaching how to treat a protest like a convoy, like a military unit. That's what Cop City is about. Dear veterans, it's time to start getting busy. They're already doing all the planning and moving. What are you doing? All enemies, foreign and domestic, right? All enemies, foreign and domestic. That's what it's about. So, yeah, going to the chat. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Alex. Uh, says JV dropping science in the stream. Thank you so much. Kilia Grigor says, great show today, JB. Very informative. I didn't know that much about this corporate fuckery. It's sinister, really. Deeply sinister, man. Deeply sinister. All right. Thank you so much to James Starks for the super sticker. I appreciate it much. Thank you so much. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the super chat. Roger Meadows says I direct message you a brain breaker. I'm going to that now. What did you send me to break my brain, Roger? Roger's always breaking something. <laughs> All right, so I think this has something. I think this is a different. Uh, hold on, I think this is a, a different um, subject, but I can look at this a little bit later. No, let me see. Okay. Um, Okay, I can I can talk about this another time. Uh, this is kind of having to do with the the last story that I did with um, with uh, Dr. Cornell West running. That that's actually a, a good point to to look at. I can look at that later. Um, but thank you so very much for that, Roger. Um, see 
and then the local businesses. Yeah. Um, I can probably read this, though. This is an interesting. Roger, did you want me to read this comment on? Um, I can probably read the comment, though. Oh, that's about, okay. That's something different. Okay. I can talk about that um, on an, another show, but that has to do with immigration. Okay. Thank you so much, Roger. But yeah, so ultimately, you know, it is, um, it is very important for us, you know, to focus on building community with one another, which is what I'm, I'm trying to do though i do have my physical and mental limitations mental limitations both you know exhaustion and bandwidth things like that um so i think that's really important for us to get to as far as you know um moving towards a better system and so i think that you know we need to do that as well um let's go a little bit more in the chat Miguel H says, we built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Candle's Boat says, damn, this guy has so scary insight. Yeah, right? But that's what, you know, veterans, man, a lot of these veterans, man, they, they know, man. This is why it's good to have them on, you know, on your team. We need critical thinking, says I bet Cop City teach cops how to be undercover agent provocateurs. Yeah. Remember the Black Panthers. Thank you so much, Terry Connolly. Creative Experiment says in war, sacrifice, sacrificial armies are always used. Mm. Cop Commander says the tactic he's speaking of is actually something the U.S. military took from Mao Zedong. If the enemy retreats, we advance. If the enemy advances... We retreat. Kelly Grigor says, take our protest to the corporate offices, not the politicians. Well, you know, really the corporate dictators. James Starks says, organize, organize, organize. Thank you so much. Going to the rock. All right. There. All right. So yeah. So you know, it, this is this is ongoing right now. Um, the people, you know, are out there uh and you know, protesting Cop City. Um and dare I say they might be out in the streets right now because they are. Yeah, they're bringing the, the police into the chambers. Um, let me, before I go, let me just listen to this really quick. Um, and then I'll, I'll end with that. 
hang on because this is this stuff is ongoing like literally as we speak all right so let's hear what this young person has to say ancestors bled on and that land that my people continue to land bleed on i want to bring ancestor marshall ransifer into this space and ancestor brother haroon into this space because they would be here had the city of atlanta not killed them i want to thank everyone who came here today who wore a mask because as we know, cops fed COVID and community spreads care and we will not believe the state's lies about this pandemic. The last time I addressed this body, Keisha Bottoms was a council member. I remember as Bertha Darden, Sharice Brown, Columbus Ward and Allison Johnson came to this pulpit to plead for their homes. I remember as then Councilwoman Keisha Lance Bottoms sat on her phone and texted and hee hee and kiki on her phone as people cried on this pulpit. Not a single member of this body is worthy of being addressed today. But you, the people of Atlanta, are worthy of being addressed today. My name is Eva Dickerson. I am a teacher, a farmer, and a neighbor in Atlanta. I love you. I believe in you so deeply. Do you remember 2020 when we took this city, when we took these streets? Do you remember that they were so terrified of our power that they called out by the hundreds over some damn blue flu? Do you remember Keisha Bottoms getting in the pulpit crying and begging us to behave? This is our city. We do not answer to any of these cowards. They answer to us. Andre Dickens answers to us, and he must get to step in. I will close with reminding you of the stakes. Tortuguita was a warning shot. Rayshard Brooks was a warning shot. Jimmy Atchison was a warning shot. Katherine Johnson was a warning shot. Anthony Hill was a warning shot. Scout was a warning shot. Alexia Christian was a warning shot. Jan Robinson was a warning shot. Oscar Kane was a warning shot. Time's expired. The state has shown us their hand, Atlanta. Time is expired. They've shown us what they would pay for war. Thank you. What would you pay for freedom? Thank you. Demetrius Vaughn. She ain't in left no crumbs. She ain't in left no crumbs. With that, uh, thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. Also, uh, thank you so much. If you guys would like to, you guys can also go to my Substack. And so, and so get, go to substat.com for email notifications for my streams. If you guys would like to get notified for whenever I do go live or upload clips. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much to all the patrons on Patreon and coffee, as well as members. I also do have memberships and thank you to all the people who have left me super chats. That definitely helps. So thank you so very much to all of you for helping me out to keep this channel going. All right. We built this city. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, can't wait to have on at the on next week. I'm going to be having on Kamal Franklin this Saturday. I'm going to be in. I know <laughs> we had to reschedule a couple times, but this Saturday also Kit Cabello, who is also in the chat, is going to be here 
on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So I can't wait to have Kit Cabello from Heartlands on here as well. Mwah! I am late. I got to get over to RBN. I'm only going to be on there for like a half an hour because I got to do, you know, my Marxism class, you know, with um, with Ms. Western Marx uh, a little bit after that. But I'll be going over there. So you guys go ahead and follow me over there. And so good to have all of you here today. Look, I got to say, like I always tell you, water your plants, water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it. Smoke them if you got them. Drink them if you got them. If you don't got them, then laugh. Watch something funny because laughter is a you know revolutionary act. Joy is a revolutionary act. And by the way, do not stand for when our rights are being fought against. Your rebellious act could be just going to your neighbor, getting to know them, and having solidarity with your community, doing small things for your community. And if many people do small things for their community, well, that's a movement in itself. That's all I got to say. And, oh, mwah, forehead kisses. I know you were waiting for those. Yeah. I'm giving forehead kisses out like french fries, baby. Free! Thank you.